0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet, so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com with Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com.
1: Hammer and Nigel, Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. It.
2: More drama in the Delphi murder case. Hammer, my name is Nigel. Uh, attorneys for the Delphi murder suspect, Richard Allen. They filed a motion that criminal charges, all charges against Richard Allen, be dismissed. They're saying that somebody destroyed what's known as exculpatory evidence hammer in this case against Richard Allen in the murders of Abby and Libby.
0: This is quite a claim. This is quite a claim. Now, again, I don't know what's true and what's not, but if they've got some sort of piece of information or evidence to prove their claims here... This is a game changer. Now, we'll see what happens.
2: Exculpatory evidence, by the way, is just some legal stuff, term referencing evidence that the defense believes could have helped prove Allen was not the killer.
0: Right. Now, what they're claiming, and this isn't court documents, this isn't hearsay, court documents obtained by our news gathering partners at Wish TV 8 the defense team is arguing that videotaped interviews with two possible suspects were deleted by police in February of 2017, and it's unknown what other interviews were deleted during that time frame. Wow. So, this could be nothing, this could be everything here. Well,
2: if it's true, it's huge. Deleting, right. uh, But it's I, I find it interesting that the defense is complaining about evidence being that it, the leaked crime scene photos came from their office.
0: Well, that's the thing here. That's why so many people are torn on what to feel with this news coming out today. Because let's be honest, the defense team, they have wanted this to be a circus from day one. They felt the best way to get their client off was to almost create like an OJ like atmosphere where it's a circus, it's a carnival everybody is talking about various different things, levels of ridiculousness, all the while, they find a way to get their client off. And previously, when we've talked about the Delphi murder trial, you brought it up earlier, there was a situation where crime scene photos were leaked out from the defense office. Now, the two attorneys in question, Rosie and Baldwin, they had nothing to do with it, they claim, and the court's And the legal system have claimed they've, you know, got nothing to do with it. But somebody who had access to their office, whether it was a former employee or something, had access, came in and sent grisly crime scene photos out to members of the media and and the public.
2: And that person's currently being charged. Right. So they know who it is.
0: So from the beginning, they've tried everything they could possibly do to make this a circus. And is it working? Some would say yes. But according to these court documents, the defense is arguing that there were two possible suspects that were interviewed by police, and now they can't find it. Deleted in February of 2017. The defense team put out a statement, quote, the destruction of material interviews of key suspects early in the investigation demonstrates negligence, if not intentional conduct on the part of the state? How could law enforcement, while investigating the most serious of crimes, record over-interviews of material suspects with recklessness or intentionality? That is a statement from the defense team. Yeah, well, I mean, how
2: could a professional defense team let leaked photos of the crime scene get out? I mean, look, here's the defense. This is what they're doing and you need, everybody needs to realize this. They're saying, look at anyone else except my suspect. Look at the judge. Look at the prosecutors. Look at these two guys that the police interviewed that they deleted the tapes. Look at this death cult. But don't, nothing to see here. Don't look at my, uh, don't look at my client.
0: Correct. Now, that's just the first piece of the puzzle that came out today. The second piece, and you alluded to this just a moment ago, the judge in this case Judge Fran Gull has rejected Richard Allen's defense attorney's request for her to step down in this murder trial. Because the defense attorneys, they've been lobbying for her to recuse herself to step down out of this trial because they feel like their client can't get a fair break. These attorneys feel like this judge has it out for them. And Judge Gould rejected this request that she remove herself, specifically citing a unanimous Indiana Supreme Court decision leaving her on the case. It's just like bombs
2: being lobbed back and forth this whole time. First, it was the defense uh, being kicked off the case. Then it was, Sue, go to the Supreme Court and get back on the case. Then it was the prosecutors lobbing a bomb and listing off, what, 21 different instances of their accusations of contempt of court from the defense and now this this is the, uh, another bomb being lob, lobbed back onto the other side the
0: defense team argued that judge Gull showed bias against allen and his defense team and that allowing her to remain on the case will raise serious questions as to whether allen would get a fair trial so again you kind of see what the defense team is doing here they're laying the tracks they're laying the groundwork for either a mistrial or to create the biggest circus that an Indiana courtroom has ever seen in the history of the state. That's what they're looking for here. Now, keep in mind that Allen is due in court next week in Fort Wayne. The judge previously previously stated that she plans to uh, deal with two issues at a February 12th hearing, including the prosecution's request to change the charges. The prosecution oh, yeah. wants to revise the charges, uh, legal stuff, basically, as to why. But they also are going to hear arguments on the request of the defense team, Baldwin and Rossi, for contempt of court. So... There's a lot of moving parts going on here. This story seems like it gets crazier by the day. And uh, we'll keep you updated here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, Do you remember Colts quarterback Art Schliester? Does that name ring a bell? Mm, Yeah,
2: of course. I mean, it was their franchise quarterback for a little while, wasn't he? A franchise?
0: One, of the, one of the first quarterbacks to come to Indianapolis, okay, because he was drafted franchise. by Baltimore. Yeah. Um, he was drafted to be a franchise quarterback with Baltimore, uh, a top 10 pick. But the dude had his problems, right? He had gambling problems. He's had legal stuff. He's had money laundering problems. Ponzi- He's had a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. He's had drug problems. And he just got arrested again. I didn't know he's out of jail. Well, that's the thing, right? Uh, it shows that that revolving door, the justice system, it's everywhere. So, Art Schleister, he's 63 years old now. He was stopped by the Ohio State Highway Patrol uh, late last Friday when a uh, state trooper noticed that there was a vehicle um, driven by Art Schleister sitting near an intersection in Columbus. The trooper approached the car, and as soon as the trooper got there, Arch Schleister rolls down the window and hands him a crack pipe. This is all part of the criminal complaint. And then his car was searched. They found small white rocks believed to be crack cocaine. This is all from the court documents. Wow. And again, this was the guy that was the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft in 1982 by the then Baltimore Colts. And Again, just handed him a crack pipe? Is that what you said? Roll down the window, here you go, officer. He knew he was busted. He knew he was busted. He was on probation, because about a year ago, he was found almost like in an Ursay state at a Hampton Inn in Ohio.
2: Like an OD situation? Yeah, they had to use
0: Narcan to revive him, and they found a bunch of blow and cocaine and crack and all that kind of stuff, and he goes in, he goes out. He has served prison sentences already. Multiples of prison sentences. Illegal gambling rings. He was running an illegal gambling ring while he was in prison for another charge. And he had a Ponzi scheme where he was ripping people off for sports tickets. I mean, this dude has been just a jailbird his entire life, and he just got arrested again.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
4: Harry? Holy cow! Or Terry! Hey, OJ, any stabbings at the family reunion? Harry, Harry, or Terry on a hammer and
2: knuckle show You'd never succeed in this business until you've had the experience of working
0: with a terrible hangover truer words, never spoken Absolutely. from the late, great Harry Carey there. Uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel show, and Paula was caller number nine. Paula, Paula how are you? Paula. Hi. Turn your radio down, Paula. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Just talk to us on the yeah. phone here. All right, Paula, we're going to play a little game here called Barry, Harry, or Terry. I'm going to give you a fact you about here? someone. Can you hear me,
5: Paul? Hello? Uh-oh. I'm sorry.
0: You got... Did she hang up? Oh, I think we have lost Paula.
5: I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. I was on Bluetooth.
0: There you go. Okay. Well, it's a well-oiled machine here. All right. I'm going to read you a fact about someone, okay, Paula? You simply okay. tell us if it's about Barry Manilow, Cubs broadcaster Harry Carey, or WIBC's Terry Stacy. You get two out of three, and we're going to give you the tickets, okay? Okay. Number one. After failing multiple times to pronounce the name of Expo's player Mark Grudzelanek, he just (laughs) laughed and never called him by his name again for the rest of the game. Barry, Harry, or Terry?
6: Harry.
0: Harry is correct. Is there audio of this? I hope there's audio of that somewhere. Somewhere it got to find that. I'll have to find it. (laughs) Uh, One more, and we'll give you the tickets here. Barry, Harry, or Terry? once sang a song about a nightclub called the Copacabana that may or may not be the hottest spot north of Havana. Barry, Harry, or Terry? Barry. There you go. Paula's a genius. (laughs) There you go.
2: Paula, where are you off to?
0: Um, I just got off work, so going home. What do you do for a living, Paula? What's work? Um, I'm a dispatcher. Oh, I'm sure. You probably hear some crazy things from time to time, right? Yes, I do. What's the wildest thing you've ever heard as a dispatcher?
5: Um, truck drivers using the bathroom in bags and leaving it out <laughs> in our parking lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's a truck dis- semi dish. She
5: dispatches
0: yeah. uh, semis for loads.
2: They'll do yeah. that
5: from time to time, oh, I'm sure. yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Paula, stay on the line. Alice, that'll take care of you, okay?
5: <laughs> Thank you.
0: All right. Now, if you did not get through for that context, contest, rest assured we've got another contest coming later in the show for tickets to go see Luke Bryan, September of this year up at Ruoff. So if you're a fan of Luke Bryan, that contest will be sometime in the next couple of hours. Stick around for that. Dateline Boston, Nige? Yes. Boston has appointed a rat czar. <laughs> City council members created the new Office of Pest Control to fight the city's rodent problem after complaints have surged 86%. Yeah, they should hire Kamala Harris since she's doing so well as the borders are. (laughs) Maybe she could come in uh, and be the rat czar. This part freaks me out a little bit. Okay. I feel like Jesse Kelly when a bank closes. It freaks (laughs) me out. I'm reading it right from the uh, ABC affiliate in Boston complaints from locals about how they have encountered rats the size of footballs running Ooh. through the streets <laughs> lots to eat in boston for those rats football-sized rats number one that's an amazing unit of measurement and number two can yeah. you imagine think about a football right and now imagine a tail and you know little beady no, eyes and a mouth on that thing about that running around like you'd almost have to punt it and then Hell, the rat might come back and beat the hell out of you. You could, you
2: could hire uh, Mayor Catherine Pugh. <laughs> Baltimore's...
0: Baltimore's, uh,
2: Baltimore's mayor that smelled the rats. Remember? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. smelled the
0: rats. A uh, counselor proposed adding the rat czar following a model from New York City. Because it's worked so well in New York <laughs> City, having a rat czar. I don't think I've ever seen a rat in person.
2: Really? Seen, uh, definitely seen house mice. Yes. Nothing, uh, never a rat. Never seen a rat in person. Interesting. Because um, you, know, you kind of grew up in the sticks a little bit, too. Sheltered? I don't know. Yeah, I grew, I grew up in the woods, yeah. You know, out Whatever. in Liz, Tucky? I've seen, you know, coons and possums. Never seen rats.
0: Well, that's interesting. Would
2: you like to be a czar of something?
0: I would like to be a pizza czar. Oh. I feel like I could be a good pizza czar. Like in charge of all the messaging and updates when it comes to pizza. Letting the masses know the latest with pizza. What about you? Bar czar. Bar czar?
2: Drink specials. When places are open, when places are closed. Appetizer happy hours.
0: Bar czar sounds like it would be like the really crappy Marvel superhero. <laughs> well, Captain America wasn't available, so Barzar's here. Shows up reeking of whiskey. His pants are unzipped. <laughs> He's got a five o'clock shadow. He's talking about how he hates his life. <laughs> Barzars here to save the day. Stop
2: making me laugh. Oh, you're just making it worse. Are you going to make it? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. I better because I'm going to Arizona tomorrow for the TPC uh, Scottsdale.
0: Like 7 o'clock rolls around. If you're still alive, we're going to play that Barry Manilow clip. It looks like we made it. (laughs) 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 Nigel walking out of here like Willis Reed. You know, that famous basketball game where you had to come out and play (laughs) injured. It's the Hammer (laughs) and Nigel Show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. That uh, quote-unquote bipartisan border deal packaged together with some foreign aid for Ukraine and Israel has failed to advance in the Senate. It not only failed to advance, it, it, it was a procedural vote to see if they were going to go ahead and debate whether or not they would pass it. Right. So, it was a miserable failure. The vote was 49 to 50. 60 votes needed for something like that to move forward.
0: So, if I told you there were some Republicans that voted in favor of this, do you think you could name one of them?
2: Uh, I mean, Romney? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. There's a winner.
0: Uh, Romney...
2: Collins, Murkowski, and Lankford is the one that that negotiated the whole thing. Right.
0: Those were the four Republicans that said, oh, yeah, this is a great deal. This is going to be really good for the future of our country. Um, Now, there were some Democrats that voted no. On this, including Old Man Bernie, uh, Pocahontas, Menendez, and Padilla. They voted no on this thing, too. So it didn't come close to getting the 60 votes needed to advance uh, for further discussion in the Senate. And again, we're going to speak with uh, Mike Braun coming up here in just a little bit. He's scheduled to call us in just about 10 minutes, and we're going to find out what's really going on. Because I've got questions. From Sunday night until yesterday, why all of a sudden did the turtle, Cocaine Mitch, <laughs> pull a 180? What happened yeah. between Sunday and yesterday to make the old man go, well, I don't know if this is the right play for us or not? Because he was all in at the very beginning. And
2: then on the opposite end, the flip side of that coin, why did people like Bernie Sanders and Pocahontas vote no? Right. And it, something tells me it has nothing to do with border security.
0: Correct. They Different they reasons. About that. Different they reasons. Want the,
2: they, want the, they want the bills parsed out, I would assume. Well, if that's
0: the case, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I agree with uh, old man Bernie and Pocahontas there. These need to be separate bills. Now, whether they're going to be or not, still up for discussion. Um, on the subject of the border, somebody is very upset about what's going on. It's a media member. Somebody is ticked off about what's happening at the border, and Nige, that someone is Al Sharpton. Oh, what? Al Sharpton, the Rev. He's ticked off about what's happening at the southern border.
6: You're getting migrants being up policemen in the streets in New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that, frankly, have people outraged and. Couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senators states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? Because at the end of the day, senators have to deal with their voters. And at the same time, uh, in the bill, you give uh, uh, money to Gaza, to, to, to civilians in Gaza and Israel. But the border, I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants.
2: Yeah, and by the way, a million border crossers, a million encounters since October. Uh, That figure just came out.
0: Boy, I'm not one to tell Joe Biden how to do his job, but if you've lost Al Sharpton, (laughs) wow. He didn't seem to be too concerned with police officer safety during the summer of love, did he? No, he he did not. That's a great point. Uh, If you missed it yesterday, this was fascinating. It took place in the White House press room. Peter Ducey the White House uh, reporter for Fox. He upset Corinne Jean-Pierre because he asked her why Joe Biden said that, you know, shortly after winning the presidency and beating Donald Trump, he sat down and he spoke with the French president, but the problem is that guy died in 1996. Here's what Biden said the other day.
7: You know, I, right, right right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And I was in I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, <laughs> "said You know."
4: Why, why? How long
2: are you back for? I love how he missed it. He corrected Germany. Uh, no, <laughs> right. I mean, not Germany, but France. Mitterrand. Uh, me. Anyway, I was like I was saying. Me and Mitterrand were having a conversation.
0: He's been dead since '96, and Peter Ducey asked ha 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 about that yesterday.
2: And how is President Biden ever going to convince
1: the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay? though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996.
5: I'm not even gonna go down that rabbit hole with what? you sir what is we're the gonna rabbit go. Hole? go ahead
0: he said go ahead, he talked to go ahead. In-
5: you saw the president in Vegas in California you've seen the president in South Carolina you saw him in Mich- Michigan I'll just leave it there go ahead
0: yeah and he said yeah. he spoke to dead people woman <laughs> I he, mean it's a
2: fair question she said rabbit hole that's not an exactly uh, uh, an endearing thing right? Right, right, look, I ain't going down that rabbit hole. Next question.
0: He's got a history of either shaking hands with the air or calling on people that are no longer alive. It's a fair question. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel's here. Hello. And let's go to the hotline and bring on Indiana Senator Mike Braun, live from Washington, D.C. Senator, there's a lot going on, and we're going to start okay. with the uh, vote that took place a little bit earlier. The quote-unquote border bill, which also featured a lot of other things, went down in flames. Tell us a little bit about that.
6: Well, that was apparent uh, from a few days ago, because uh, that would have been uh, Republicans agreeing with every Democrat that that was actually a border security bill. Uh, That had nothing to do with border security. It was kind of a waste of time over uh, three months to come up with that, so uh, I was glad that... Most Republicans, I think, voted against it. But then immediately, we're jumping on the supplemental bill, which the vote is looking too close to call at this point. That was the real reason we had some senators interested in border security. It was not to secure the border, but it was to get the spending to where they want to secure the borders in other countries. So <laughs> that's where we're at now, and that bill is probably about 10 10- Maybe 12 votes away from knowing which way it's going to go. Boy, talk about
2: the swamp, man. So you're saying <laughs> you're saying, Senator, that they they're now casting a procedural vote to start talking about giving money to Israel and Ukraine and Taiwan, and there's nothing about the border in this next one.
6: No, this is purely what most were interested in in the first place. It was the first time since I've been here there were at least 41 Republicans that were listening to their constituents. Uh, I didn't need to hear that. You could tell clearly that we don't have border security. But that is what has been belabored since October until today. That goes down in flames because that was not a border security bill. That was H.R. 2 that the House had passed several months ago that Chuck Schumer has been sitting on and won't give us a vote here on it. And then, within an hour, you have a procedural vote to get on what all Democrats are interested in and probably enough Republicans to where right now it's too close to call.
0: Senator, I'm wondering what happened from Sunday night until yesterday, because there were some Republicans, Mitch McConnell probably being the most uh, prominent, that were all in on what was dubbed as the border bill on Sunday. But then a couple days go by and they sour on it. Mitch McConnell ultimately votes a no to advance this through the Senate. Uh, Just based on what you're hearing, what happened from Sunday night to Tuesday? to change the mind of some of these Republicans
6: well that was simply a two- step that was maybe part of the calculation of what has happened next I mean you can hear you can see clearly when there's an uprising uh, among a broad spectrum so uh, most Republicans I didn't see the final vote on uh, the border supplemental bill I just, Probably assuming almost all Republicans voted against it, and including McConnell, who's going to be one of the most, would would have been one of them staging this next vote on the supplemental by itself. So it was clear you probably didn't want your name associated with a bad border bill. Uh, Old DT has made it clearly, or made it clear that he doesn't like that. Uh, I don't think most of us never heard anything other than uh, a groundswell of our own constituents saying, do not do a border bill that would baseline illegal immigration eight to ten times where it was pre-Biden. So that didn't surprise me because – and I think it was all part of maybe the orchestration. What did surprise me is that you'd have the supplemental teed up with some Republicans being for it – an hour after that went down, to me, uh, that's the swamp. Senator Mike Braun here
2: on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tell me more about this bill that Schumer's sitting on, HR two, the Secure the Border Act, um, which which came out of the House.
6: So that would have been a bill that um, anybody in the Senate. Really concerned about border security would have been for uh, Trump was for that, but Schumer was they were never interested in. You got to remember Biden has done all this with the same legislative authority that Trump did to shut the border down to ten to fifteen thousand illegal crossings per month. He undid all of that and then put the open border sign out there. So and Schumer. They had no interest in doing real border security, or else he would have put that bill up for a vote it would have put some of his uh, uh kind of uh, politically sensitive uh senators in a bad spot like the arizona senators and anybody running for reelection. so he wasn't going to do that but hell that's been here and that is real border security and now we've uh, that was never going to be put up for a vote due to chuck schumer not wanting to have some of his senators take a bad vote that's the way it works sadly
0: So, there were four Republicans that voted yes on the, quote, border bill a little bit earlier. Romney, Collins, Langford, Murkowski. Obviously, you were not part of that. Where do you plan to vote? How do you plan to vote on some of these upcoming issues that you're going to be going to the floor on?
6: I just voted no on the one out there and was one of the first no's on the supplemental bill that has all of the foreign aid packaged into one uh, bill. Uh, I've always been one for do them separately, so you can uh, have the pros and cons on each one, meaning Taiwan, Israel, and Ukraine. And, of course, they lump them all together. Um, Don't like that in principle. And as I cite, every penny of this foreign aid, we will borrow. Uh, This isn't coming out of some emergency fund, so we're adding to the national debt to boot. No one seems to care much about that anymore. I do.
0: Senator Mike Braun joining us here on The Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, One more thing here before we let you go. And this has nothing to do with the bills on the floor, but a listener tweeted at us a question, and I thought it was interesting. And if anybody could maybe give us some insight, it would be you. Is there any update on the Epstein client list? I know it has nothing to do with the border bills, and that's why we had you on the show today. But what's the procedure on how we find out who these horrible people are? Is there anything that can be done?
6: That would have to be forced through a committee, if you're going to get to the bottom of that, That won't happen in the U.S. Senate, because Chuck Schumer controls that dynamic. That could happen in the House, because we control the schedule there. So, I'm not sure what they're doing there on that subject, but I can guarantee you that's not going to happen in the U.S. Senate. There might be some uh, names showing up that, uh, who knows, might be on it. Uh, I don't know if they'll take it up in the House either, but that's the only place it would probably happen.
0: Indiana Senator Mike Braun joining us from Washington, D.C., voting on the floor. Senator, we appreciate your time. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters
1: are weirdos?
2: So let's rock. So the uh, Republican National Committee chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, is planning to step down after the South Carolina primary. Hammer. People have been calling her for her to step down since I don't know. She was appointed almost in 2016. Trump appointed her in 2016, and the Republicans have been taking L after L after L for a long time now. Now the RNC, it's their job to assist Republicans, right? perpetuate and promote their platform, fundraise. And the Republicans had their worst fundraising ever coming into 2024 in a decade with like, I don't know, something just like $8 million or something like that. So it's, a, it's kind of a, a disaster.
0: Ronna McDaniel is the Archie Miller of politics, right? Oh, no. There was a lot of hype, a lot of buildup around Ronna McDaniel, the same way it was around Archie Miller when he was hired by the Indiana Hoosiers to be the basketball coach. And boy, never quite lived up to the hype, did it? After Ronna McDaniel helped Donald Trump pull off what some would say was the impossible in 2016, winning the election, she helped him in Michigan, she was rewarded, and she has underperformed ever since. She is part of a group that I dubbed the McFailures, Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell. And right now, two of the three— Are gone. Ronald McDaniel's gonna be leaving after the South Carolina primary. Kevin McCarthy got his feelings hurt because Matt Gaetz said that he sucks. So those guys are gone. (laughs) Both of them are gone. It only leaves Cocaine Mitch left, the lone survivor, the designated survivor of the McFailures. The Republicans have to find a way to get some young energy. They have to be able to play by the rules of engagement, whether that's mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, and you've got to find a way to fundraise better. They need some young blood. So this is a big decision that the RNC has to make about who's going to be leading them moving forward. Now, well, this whole thing happened because Donald Trump basically told Ronnie McDaniel, "Yeah, if I win... Hey, toots, you're gone. Yeah, she was at Mar-a-Lago, what, yesterday or the day
2: before? I, I love how Donald Trump is already calling the shots and he's still not in a position of power. Right. Like, in, a, in an official capacity. Like, you know, Joe Biden blaming Donald Trump for the failure of the, quote-unquote, border bill. In the Senate. Yeah, in the Senate.
0: Yeah, Donald uh, Trump's th- not a senator. <laughs> and the Republicans don't have the majority in the Senate, but yet it was still his fault. And now Donald Trump tells Ronna McDaniel, hey... Listen, this ain't working out anymore, and after South Carolina, I'm going to put a few names out there of some new blood. So, Ronna McDaniel decides to pack it up, pack it in. She is going to be stepping down after South Carolina. Now, there are some early rumors of some folks that may be interested. Uh, Harmeet Dillon, an attorney, she wanted the gig the last time. Ah, We've talked to her. She's awesome. Yeah. And Scott Pressler. He's a young, kind of fireball guy, uh, a fundraising machine. Uh, There's a lot of momentum behind him. But ultimately, it's probably going to be who Donald Trump wants. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but if it's somebody different than Ronna McDaniel, I think that's a win if you're the Republicans. Now, Donald Trump might get the credit for bouncing Ronna McDaniel's underachieving backside out of there. But honestly, I think Vivek Ramaswamy deserves at least a hat tip here. Oh, because yeah. if you remember, at that Republican debate that was moderated by NBC News, Vivek went scorched earth on national television against Ronna McDaniel.
4: And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will
0: turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here. Do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a
6: Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah, he was roasting several people. (laughs) Several pundits took shrapnel on that little uh, spiel.
0: We didn't even get to the part where he was just doing a Comedy Central roast on Kristen Welker of (laughs) NBC News. well,
2: I mean, wasn't She? did you say she was in the audience? I think she was in the audience. She was. She was. Oh, oh, man. Her face must have been... Red is a beat.
0: And listen, results matter. This isn't anything personal. I mean, it's business. And right now, business is bad for the Republican Party. They're not bringing in the money. They're not resonating with a lot of younger voters. And they've been underachieving in elections. We were told there was going to be a red wave in the midterms. And usually, when there's one party that's newly elected, the next midterm is a whitewashing of the other party, Right. That didn't happen this time. The Republicans gained just a little bit in the House, which was enough to take the majority, but it's very slim. It's razor thin, and they thought they would have a lot more seats. Uh, Last night in Nevada, Nikki Haley lost this meaningless primary to nobody, Nudge. Literally. The the
2: none-of-the-above category.
0: Correct. None of these candidates defeated Nikki Haley uh, in a Nevada primary last night. She
2: she must have been watching Brewster's Millions with
0: Richard (laughs) Pryor. None of the above. (laughs) Nevada is weird because they have a primary, which doesn't really mean anything. And then they have a caucus, which rewards a little bit more. But not everybody takes part in both. And it's totally screwy. It's a pain in the backside. And I hate that two of the first three ways. That we have, you know, in the election cycle here are confusing caucuses and whatever the hell Nevada
6: does. Nevada, yeah.
0: So Nikki Haley lost last night to none of these candidates, which kind of reminds me of 2016 in North Carolina when even though this candidate didn't win. He was making some ways in the, uh, the polls. He was okay. gaining traction. The name of the candidate was D's Nuts.
3: You know, in every election, there are always a few candidates people have never heard of. Typically, they don't really gain any ground. They just eventually fade away. This time,
4: though, presidential candidate. And I mean, I'm not making this part up. This guy, this candidate. This name, D's Nuts, is polling among the other major contenders. First name is D's, last name Nuts. D's Nuts. D's Nuts.
1: D's Nuts. Deez nuts. A candidate registered as an independent has the legal name of D's Nuts. Uh, no. Almost one in ten voters in
4: North Carolina say they prefer D's Nuts. D's <laughs> Nuts. And uh, a recent poll in North Carolina actually had him polling at about nine percent. You are kidding me. This 9%. actually looks like a D's Nuts' third party <laughs> Might be able to swing the election
0: a little little bit. D's Nuts was beating Jeb Uh, Bush. (laughs) Low energy Jeb. (laughs) Somebody with a write in candidate name. And they filled out all the paperwork and they got the signatures and they did all the things. D's Nuts and Jeb Bush was getting beat by that candidate.
2: Now understand where the nickname came from.
0: (laughs) Um, Yesterday, if you missed it, uh, Joe Biden was addressing this war going on between israel and hamas but the problem nige was that joe biden forgot hamas's name he couldn't remember the name of one of the parties involved in a very deadly very disgusting war against an ally there is some movement and i don't want to i don't want let
7: well, maybe choose my words There's some movement. There's been a response from the the, – there's been a response from the opposition. But um, – yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is.
4: There's a continuing negotiation right now.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you could Whoa. hear it, but a reporter had to bail him out and say, Hamas?
4: Is that what you're talking uh, about? Yeah, Ugh.
0: Hamas.
2: bad, man. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but man, <laughs> there's no way he's going to make it to, to that election. None. I just don't think so. He's getting worse. Like oh that was that there was are some
0: senior movie. moments that all of us have from time to time. Hell, I'm 46, and sometimes I'll go to the kitchen and forget what I'm going to the yeah, kitchen for. Right? But you're
2: not running for the presidency, right? You're, you're not the president,
0: right? This guy, it's getting bad, and it's getting worse, and it's not funny anymore. Like this is the leader of our country, this is our commander in chief. That's pretty damn scary. That this dude who lost his fastball a long time ago is allegedly calling the shots. Now, we all know that he's not, but at least the name Joe Biden is calling the shots.
2: and Nigel presents. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Adam play is this anything?
0: I am going to run some stories by you. You break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? So the fine folks at DoorDash. Love DoorDash. They're getting involved in the Super Bowl fun. They're having a contest where one lucky winner... Yeah is going to win every product and service that is advertised during this year's Super Bowl. Cool! All you have to do is crack the code in their commercial, the DoorDash commercial, and enter the answer on their website. Here is the commercial for their contest.
2: DoorDash can DoorDash pretty much anything. So this year, during football's biggest event, DoorDash will DoorDash stuff from all the ads, all to one winner. All the snacks Every automobile On tax service And who knows all right, I got it. We uh, haven't fully thought this all, thing through yet All at the same time? Everything At the same time No Yeah, yes, this is something First of all, we live in such a privileged society That we can order food Do an app Pay somebody to go pick it up for our lazy asses And drop it off at our front door Yes I mean, I'm very lucky and privileged to be In a country that, you know, especially during COVID when, you know, there were stay at home rules and stuff like that. These were the saviors, right? These were the heroes. Now, do they really mean everything, though, Hammer, is what I'm asking, because they advertise, like, what if it was one of those health commercials?
5: Oh, hi, hello. I'm here with your grand prize from DoorDash. Oh, hey. All right, going to slip on this rubber glove here so I <laughs> oh. can give you the Super Bowl ad-suggested prostate check. Oh, no. <laughs> Can't I just
0: have the car and the beer and the other stuff? Well, I'm sorry. Contest rules is rules. All right, do what you got to do. DoorDash, where you win it all. I'm all right with that. Uh, yeah. If you're bringing me a car, yeah. if the price to pay is the a few fingers exam? in the old caboose, then strap that rubber glove on and sing Moon River. Let's go. You use a whole fist, <laughs> Surf Serve time. Is this <laughs> anything? A police department in Missouri got a call about a possible home invasion, but the intruder ended up being a Squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> the chess cam video footage from the police department—it's going viral, thanks to <laughs> how one of the cops screamed
1: when the squirrel ran past his feet. Oh, it's right there! It's a squirrel. They can disregard. I just saw it. Tony, now you can disregard the help. We got a squirrel in the house.
0: Be a squirrel in the house. <laughs> Go to hear, clear. <laughs> ah. Yeah, <laughs> <That's
6: laughs> <scary.
2: laughs> Uh, no, this is nothing because I can't blame you for screaming at a possible rabid rodent loose in the house. I've done twice in my life. And I don't care who you are, a police officer, a chick, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Twice in my life, I've like literally, "Ah!" one of them was down in Texas when I was, uh, Doing laundry and I changed the underwear drawer. Picked up the underwear and there was a giant cockroach.
0: Ooh, big Texas size. Oh roach. yeah,
2: big big Austin Texas sized cockroach. And I literally, me and my wife both looked at it and started screaming. Our puggle at the time and Lola like went and hid and like we were stomping all over the place. I would just stop It just I wasn't expecting that. And then the other time is um, like five o'clock in the morning one time when I was doing mornings uh, over here. Uh, I'm getting ready, and all of a sudden I see a mouse fly by under the door. Like, it f- flies right next to my feet, uh, next to the door. Like, ah! ah! I mean, I'm surprised I didn't wake up my wife. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't blame this cop at all for screaming when he sees a rodent, especially one that's possibly rabid. Did you have to kill the cockroach? We did. I think we smashed. Yeah, we smashed we? the colony.
0: You mean you made yeah. your wife get involved in this process?
2: I think we both had a hand in it, yeah. It was a team effort. Okay. I mean, it was a giant cockroach. Come on. So it was literally as big. So
0: Lindsey killed it. I mean, that's what I'm gathering here. She killed it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. She killed it.
0: (laughs) Chivalry is not dead. (laughs) Is this anything? People threaten to move to Canada from the United States all the time. Oh, yeah. Especially Hollywood celebrities when they don't like the politician that's about to be elected. However, this woman posted a video on why it might not be such a good idea. She was at Costco and she shows a couple of packages of chicken drumsticks. How much do you think these cost? How much do you think chicken uh, drumsticks at a Canadian Costco cost?
2: Like, are we talking, I don't know, uh, inflation up there's I, 50 bucks.
0: Think about it. Here's the answer.
4: This is for anyone thinking of moving to Canada. Our food prices are outrageous. Here we have a pack of drumsticks from Costco. $202 no. for this pack. Or $224. Let me this watch one. this. Moral of the story, don't move here.
2: Oh, I'm watching it right now.
4: I thought it was, I thought
2: you meant like like a big box, like a, uh, like a one that would a, a restaurant would buy in bulk. And I guess50 dollars. this is just a basic package like you buy at any at any um, store in America. Right. 200 bucks for just a plastic thing of, of drumsticks. Yes. Yeah.
0: Canada sucks. But this is their thing, right? Like Because everybody talks about their health care. Well, look at Canada's health care. Well, uh, everybody free gets healthcare. free health care. Yeah. How do you think everything else costs? $200 chicken drumsticks. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be a downside to everything. Ain't nothing for free. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Sipping on straight glory You're listening to
2: the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there with a special guest. A pair of special guests on the
0: hotline. Anya and Kevin are with the Murder Sheet podcast and... This show has been covering this story since we have been part of the Afternoon Drive here. And Anya and Kevin have been doing a great job in covering the Delphi murders. We've got a lot of information here. So, Kevin, we're going to start with you today. Uh, We're going to need your legal background here. This claim from the defense team that evidence may have been deleted... How big of a deal is this? Is this something that we should really be looking at here? Or do you think this is the defense team trying to create this chaotic environment?
7: I think it's really hard to answer that question until we have a hearing, because they're making a lot of really potentially explosive allegations, as you say, about key evidence getting destroyed or erased. And so the question we have to answer is, was this done deliberately? Was this an accident? Is it even true at all? And I think in order to get those answers, we need to get all these people under oath, give them in front of the judge, and have them explain exactly what happened.
0: Okay, so let's back up a little bit, just in case somebody's turning their radio on and they're not really up to speed here. Anya, it's been a wild 24 to 48 hours with updates in the Delphi trial. Can you please get us up to date?
4: Absolutely, yeah. There's been a lot going on. One big thing is that Judge Gull has basically declined to recuse herself in the case based on the defense's request. She just came back today with a filing saying, no, I'm not I'm not leaving. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, shuts down that angle that the defense was going toward. The defense has also filed for the case to be actually thrown out, dismissed, based on this loss of exculpatory evidence. And in addition to that, we've also had the previous defense team withdraw recently, so now, it's just basically one thing after another.
0: Specifically, what is the defense claiming happened with evidence here?
4: What they're saying is that interviews from 2017 with some of the men that they say are the Odinists responsible for the murders were taped over, essentially, and lost. And so what they're saying is that even though they still have documentation of those interviews and what was said, it would be far more helpful to them if they had the original phrasing in words so they can kind of review how these people came across and what they were saying exactly. So they're saying that that is exculpatory evidence that was lost, and based on that alone, it, the entire case should be thrown out.
2: On a, what are Odinists, for those that don't know?
4: <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. So Odinists, um, actually, in, in reality, they are people who follow a Germanic Norse religion, but specifically Odinism is a very white supremacist strain of that religion that's very prevalent in prison environments. So amongst criminals, amongst people who are violent, linked to drugs, things like that. And they worship like Odin, Thor, things like that. Now, There's a wider spectrum that's uh, known as heathenry, and they worship the same gods, but a lot of them are just normal, everyday people. They might worship uh, a religion that's against the the norm, but they're not racist and they're not bad. So a lot of the discussion around this case has been focused on Odinism, but it's not always clear to me what is Odinism and what is heathenry, because there is a difference.
0: I'm reading this statement from the defense team, and again, this was uh, from Court documents obtained by our news partners at wish tv this is from richard allen's defense team quote the destruction of material interviews of key suspects early in the investigation demonstrates negligence if not intentional conduct on the part of the state, how could law enforcement, while investigating the most serious of crimes, record over interviews of material suspects with recklessness or intentionality? Uh, Kevin, just for argument's sake here, because that's all we can kind of do right now is speculate until we see, you know, this play out in a courtroom. Let's just, for argument's sake, say that this happened, that the. Authorities somehow lost this evidence or destroyed it or recorded over it. What does this mean?
7: If you have the authorities intentionally destroying evidence that would lead to certain particular suspects, that could uh, suggest, uh, in theory, some kind of a cover-up or desire to protect particular suspects. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I think that's something that the defense is suggesting, because they also, in the same filing, they mentioned that they found that there was a search warrant prepared in order to get phone information about a particular pair of suspects. That search warrant was not served. For whatever, reason. And they're suggesting that the warrant was not served and the interviews were potentially erased, perhaps because there was a lack of interest in pursuing these particular suspects.
0: Now, I am not a lawyer. Let me make that perfectly clear. I just play one on the radio from time to time. But the key word I heard you say there was intentionally. What if, and again, this is all speculative, but what if the authorities come out and say nothing was intentional, but it was an accident? Does that make a difference?
7: That potentially makes a very significant difference, because in anything done by human beings, accidents happen. Things get erased. Things get lost. Uh, even in our own lives, we might lose car keys or things of that nature. And so if it's not intentional, if it was just an accident, I think the courts would be inclined to look at it differently. And that's why I think it's really crucial to have a hearing so we can hash all of this out and have all of the play explain exactly what happened to this evidence and why it no longer exists.
2: Andy and Kevin from the Murder She podcast here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Do, has the defense, Richard Allen's uh, attorneys, definitively said what they think actually happened to Abby and Libby having to do with this Odinous cult and these two guys that may or may not have been interviewed by police? Have they said it was some sort of, it seems like, like ritual sacrifice or something like that? Have they come out and said that?
4: Yes, they, they, they spelled that out in the Frank memorandum that they feel this was a ritual sacrifice by a cult. What's interesting about that is when we talk to experts on white supremacist violence, the Odinists, as, as a group, are, are a violent group. There's been murders and violence linked to them. Most of them um, are a little bit taken aback uh, by the religious element, though, of these accusations, because oftentimes the violence is more political. The other thing that's interesting is that the original authors of this theory didn't agree with the sacrifice angle. We know that they had a bit of a different theory, even though it involved the same people and the same general outline. They didn't think this was a sacrifice. I believe they thought things were a little bit more personal.
0: So, of the two major pieces of information that have come out in the last 24, 36 hours. Number one, the defense team for Richard Allen wanting the charges dismissed, claiming that there was some uh, tampering with evidence. And number two, Judge Fran Gull saying, I'm not going to step down. I'm going to be the judge in this trial and citing the Indiana Supreme Court as the reason why. Do you think, just based on your experience of covering these types of things, do you think Judge Fran Gull should have removed herself?
7: I I think the fact that we look at the record, Judge Fran Gould has publicly stated that she feels that these defense attorneys have been grossly negligent. She's questioned their ability to conduct the defense. She's questioned their strategy. She's questioned the accuracy of things they put into their filings. I, I think all of these things create an appearance that perhaps she may not be the ideal judge to be able to conduct uh, an absolutely fair trial with no appearance of bias.
0: And ultimately, this is kind of what the defense wants, right? They want this chaotic atmosphere. They want as much mayhem as possible. And they kind of want to lay the groundwork right now that even if their uh, client Richard Allen is found guilty, well, it was because the judge had a personal vendetta against them or something like that.
4: I believe that that benefits them. I think that also it benefits them because from early on, it seems like there's been a willingness to try the case in the press, which I think can be a a good strategy for a defense attorney. And in this situation, certainly all of this drama with the judge certainly keeps the focus in the press on the messiness of the case and, frankly, not on any of the facts of the case. So I think in some ways a lot of this plays into their hands and gives them the option of, you know, filing an appeal later, because if you can argue that a reasonable person does not think that uh, that Fran Gull is is doing um, a fair job as a judge, then that, that really should be an automatic appeal.
0: So this trial is set to begin in October, but we're going to have some action next week. What's going on in Fort Wayne?
4: Well, what what may be happening in Fort Wayne next week, although the defense has asked for a continuance, is that there will be a hearing on the contempt charges that are being thrown against the defense team. And and again, the defense has said, listen, we don't have time to prepare for this, but we've not had any sort of continuance from Judge Gull yet. So it sort of remains to be seen whether it will happen.
0: Where can people find more information about the Murder Sheet podcast and all of the work that you guys do, not just in regards to the Delphi murders, but all types of true crime type of stories?
4: Oh, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you just type in uh, "murder sheet," there you should be able to subscribe and listen along. And we cover, as you said, all sorts of different cases. But we so appreciate talking to you guys as always. You always ask such great questions on this case.
0: Thank you so much, Anya and Kevin, Murder Sheet Podcast. Thank you so much. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. But after 5 o'clock, our pal Tony Kennett will call in the Tonus. He'll join us at about 5.30. I love that Twitter handle, the Tonus. The Tonus. we we'll The Tonus. update on the Republicans not being able to impeach Mayorkas. Yet, and yet is the key word. So all that's coming up. But right now, we've got some tickets to give away. Luke Bryan coming in concert up at Ruoff in September. Chad was caller number nine. How are you, Chad? Hey, Chad,
1: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, man. We're gonna play a brand new game today called no. Luke duke or puke and this is how it's going to work i'm going to give you a uh, little piece of information here it will either be a piece of information that is about luke Bryan, or christian leitner basketball star for duke Mm -hmm. or nigel who's been known to puke on the air i'm sorry you get three out of five we're going to give you the tickets i didn't know luke duke or puke here we go number one owns a honky tonk on broadway street in nashville luke duke or puke chad i would say luke luke there we go one down it's got to get two more number two may have hit the greatest shot in ncaa tournament history to defeat kentucky in the 1992 regional luke duke or puke uh, Duke. Duke, yes. Now, to be fair, Duke does make some people puke, because I, I would have accepted both answers. Uh, yeah, uh, do. Get this one, and I'm going to give you the tickets here. Luke, Duke, right. or puke is a fat alcoholic. Oh,
6: wait a minute. What? Uh, that would definitely be what? puke and Nigel.
0: Yeah!
2: There we go! Me, the times I puked Shake on the air has had nothing to do with the alcohol. Shake it
0: on. That's What's true. With you? you do hold your booze really well. It's the other 340 days that you're sick that are problematic. <laughs> uh, hey, man, that's awesome, Chad. Stay on the line. Allison will take care of you and uh, have fun at the show, okay? All
7: right, buddy. Appreciate it. You guys have a good night.
0: You got it. You excited to travel, Nigel? You're going to the Waste Management Open out in Phoenix? Hell
2: yeah, getting up really early, flying out to uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale. It's like a big party uh, golf event. It's like a, a some people call it a big party with a bunch of uh, Uh, golfers that show up. (laughs) Right. A big party with a bunch of golfers that show up. That's it.
0: (laughs) Don't go anywhere. More
3: Hammer and Nigel next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock!
3: DHS Secretary.
2: Alejandro! Alejandro! Mayorkas. Who's completely failed at his job? Lied to Congress. One of his, one of one of the parts of his job is protecting the border, making sure the border is secure. Flat out lied to Congress and said, "Yeah, that border's secure." Which, by the way, side note, Hammer. We've had uh, just, uh, figures just come out: one million encounters since October. One million. To quote October. George Costanza. Is that wrong? Mm, yes, I mean, no. It's I mean, it's very wrong. Yeah, that million that that many people coming across the border since October
0: because it feels like that's the excuse that Mayorkas is giving. He's going full George Costanza. Had anybody told me that that kind of behavior was unbecoming? Yeah, I gotta tell you,
2: so he's he's awful at his job. He's not protecting the border. He's sworn in front of Congress that he is protecting the border that the border is secure. So the House wants to impeach him now. That impeachment vote, hammer. Failing with a tie. 215 to 215. A push.
0: Three Republicans killed this thing. Now, first of all, the timing of this whole thing was incredibly poor because Steve Scalise was unable to attend because he's getting cancer treatment. And the Republicans cannot afford to lose any votes at all hell the democrats wheeled in al green and he was fresh off the surgery table he had like scrubs on and was in a wheelchair but he cast his vote but the republicans are the republicans and they pushed forward with this anyway and it ended up being a tie 215 215 and the people that killed this tom mcclintock of california Ken Buck of Colorado, and Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Now, again, Steve Scalise was absent having cancer treatment. Blake Moore of Utah, he changed his vote to no Because of a procedural rule. Because he voted no, and this became a tie, they can revisit this next week. And the Republicans are hoping that with the addition of Steve Scalise, they're going to have enough of a
2: vote to pass it through. Okay. So, what's it all mean, really? I mean, is this symbolic? I mean, there's a hundred Mayorkas' waiting in line to take his gig.
0: It's completely symbolic. That's a great way to put this. And it was symbolic impeaching Trump. You knew damn well he wasn't going to be removed from office, but it was a big middle finger. But the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, they play for keeps, and they're pretty much all on the same side. There's so much infighting happening right now with the Republicans. There was no reason to push this through this week. If you don't have the votes, don't go to the floor and look like you're dysfunctional. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Now, they very well may do this next week. And who knows? Mayorkas could be impeached through the House. But he's not going anywhere in the Senate. He's not going to be removed from office. It's all just a show. But the show, for the Republicans, is not very good. They're not good at this. There's not a cohesive unit there. It's a Mickey Mouse operation. And this has been indicative of what's been happening since 2016. 2016 was kind of amazing. Donald Trump wins. You've got the House. You've got the Senate. Since then, it's all been downhill. They didn't do anything with that majority. Because of all the infighting, the pro-Trump Republicans, the anti-Trump Republicans, and they've underperformed in elections ever since, which is probably why Ronna McDaniel is working on her resume right now. But this whole thing was very cringeworthy. They're going to try it again next week when Steve Scalise is present. They may pass it through, but the fact they didn't do it this time, the fact there were three Republicans that said, well, eh, I think he's doing a great job.
2: Look how many times it took for Kevin McCarthy to be voted in as Speaker, and then look how many times I mean, there's a record of this. There's, pre- there's precedence,
0: right? Right, right. Yeah, try, try again. You know, third time's a charm, whatever. Now, the three that voted no, the consensus rationale was he didn't commit a high crime or misdemeanor. He's just bad at his job. And being bad at your job is not what impeachment is for. Now, in theory, maybe they're right. But I don't know, man. The Democrats would have found a way to get the job done. And this right now is the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats are together. They play for keeps. It's blood sport. And the Republicans look like they're that 16 seed that makes it into the NCAA tournament. They're happy to be there. And unless they're playing Purdue, get beat by 30. <laughs> um, speaking of impeachment, uh, let's talk about somebody who has dabbled with all of that before, Donald Trump. Yes. Now, on MSNBC, Jen Psaki has a program. Now, if you remember Jen Psaki, she used to be the White House press secretary.
3: The press secretary with the extremely red hair.
0: You remember Jen Psaki, right, Night?
2: <laughs> I'm afraid if I start laughing, I'll just start coughing. I can't <laughs> sure laugh every time. Can I hear
0: it one more time, no, please? No, no. <coughs> the press secretary with the extremely red hair.
2: <laughs> Not just red hair, extremely red hair.
0: Like somebody didn't know who she was in the crowd until Donald Trump explained, oh, the extremely red hair. Oh, that's so funny. Got it. She's got a very low rated program on MSNBC and she had a panel discussion. Listen how upset the panel is that they can't lock Donald Trump in jail probably before the election. Their feelings are really hurt because it's looking like with all the legal stuff playing out the way that it is, they're not going to have Donald Trump locked up in jail before the election.
4: This is normal pacing here. As much as we're all impatient and as much as it's not aligned with the timing, give us a sense of what, what else could be going on behind the scenes here in your assessment. And if this is not uh, this, this is not forward, move forward soon, I as I mean, in the coming weeks, could the federal election trial start in june july and still be concluded before the election
0: i am officially now at the freakout stage um <laughs> okay. i've resisted that for a long time but we are now you don't the typically
5: point-
4: freak out so that's
0: important right. yeah no i think we're now at the point to use a different legal phrase justice delayed is justice denied
2: boy i mean just announcing telling your viewers that you're biased that you want your political opponent incarcerated without a trial. Uh, well, maybe not without a trial, but they they would love it if he was embroiled in trials uh, for those uh, indictments. The freakout I mean, stage. The freakout. I mean, they're saying it, announcing to their viewers,
0: "Yes, this is what I want to happen." We're all impatient. They're freaking Are out because kidding? the legal system is playing out. Like, it's yes. not like he's going to get off scot-free. Maybe he will. But the legal process is in play here. This guy is, quote, freaking out because it can't be like the trial in Animal House, and you just kick him out and throw yeah. him in jail right away. <laughs> and Jen Psaki's just sitting there with that stupid grin on her face, smiling, you know, going along with it. Now, speaking of folks in the media that have their feelings hurt, oh, no, did anybody catch Abby Phillips? Last night on CNN, this was next level. You brought it to our attention a couple days ago, Nige, that Tucker Carlson was going to be interviewing Vladimir Putin over in Russia. Well, Abby Phillip of CNN, I think she was near tears last night. Now, I'm going to play you the audio here. This was on the air last night on CNN. Abby Phillip makes it perfectly clear that CNN has tried to interview Vladimir Putin before. And he's always, very politely, given them the middle finger. Doesn't want to speak to CNN. Tucker Carlson gets the interview,
5: and now CNN's about to cry. Tucker Carlson is lying from the streets of Russia, no less. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. That's a lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have requested Putin to interview (laughs) over and over again. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine. Or what his goals I are may now. have added they the music. <laughs> Another lie. <laughs> is- Serious news outlets, including CNN, have covered and, of course, reported on Putin's words since this war began, including one of his baseless justifications for the invasion of Ukraine, which he initially claimed was to stop the Nazis. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Tucker Carlson is not a journalist. Not even close. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. For two years, real journalists have risked their lives to report from the ground each and every day in (laughs) Russia and in Ukraine
2: music is a nice touch.
0: Very emotional with the yeah. sad violin playing in the back. I thought she was going to cry.
2: Well, they're just mad that they didn't get the interview. They,
0: that's all that's, that it it's, is. It's called sour grapes, right? She even says, they've tried to interview Putin in the past, and now you're just butthurt because Tucker got the interview and you didn't. But the, and now the
2: narrative is Tucker is a propagandist, Tucker props up uh, Russia, and like the, Europe is seeking sanctions against Tucker Carlson. Okay. So you're going to see the media freak out about this interview interview, even though they w- would have done the same thing had they had the opportunity.
0: They're freaking out because they didn't get it. That's the yeah, problem. I mean, You're seeing a guy who's not on a major network anymore land these interviews, and it scares the hell out of the mainstream yeah, televised uh, news media. J-
2: journalists, and if Tucker's done a journalist, fine, but uh, they've been interviewing evil dictators and evil men for leaders for years. How about uh, Saddam Hussein? How about Osama bin Laden? Right. Hell, I think somebody interviewed
0: Stalin. Back in the day. CNN would have interviewed Putin if he said yes. It's that simple. Now, Naj, you know you're battling a little bit of a cold a here, bit. but uh, you able to have a shot tonight? You able to drink a little bit tonight?
2: Uh, of uh, Delsom uh, cough syrup here, sure.
0: Okay, well, here's your reason to drink yeah. tonight. Garth Brooks is 62 years old. Oh, wow. Now, man, I've kind of soured on Garth a little bit over the last couple of years just because he started to push politics on people and coming off pretty woke and progressive. Like, I kind of miss the old rope in the wind, Garth Brooks, but a lot of people still dig him. 62 years old. And you
2: know what sticks out to me about that number 62 is that's how old Toby Keith was when he passed away this week. That's right. Wow. Wow.
0: Here's a, a quick statement that Garth Brooks put out after receiving a bunch of birthday messages.
1: What I love most about the birthday messages, is everybody kept repeating the message of love one another. Yeah. That was really, really cool. You know what that means. Greatest gift I could have on that day. Everybody's getting along. Everybody
4: love one another. Remember, if you're going to talk, also listen.
2: You want to talk about somebody that celebrates his entire catalog, my wife. We've been to see Garth several times since we've been married. Streaming tears. Knows every word to every song.
0: Well, I'm not quite that big of a fan, but (laughs) back when COVID was happening, back in 2020, Hammer and Nigel Records, we channeled a little Garth Brooks for what I thought was a group being left out of the conversation. Okay. The people who tested positive, but they only had mild symptoms of COVID. Blam it on the Chinese. We're all scared to sneeze. (laughs) Looking up symptoms online. (laughs) You can't smell your food. You can't taste your booze. But other than that, you're just fine. (laughs) And I saw the surprise in Hogsett's eyes when you said you're doing quite good. (laughs) He took a shot from his flask and yelled, put on your mask or I'll lock you all down for good. Here we go. Cause I got friends with mild cases. No fever, no cough, just body aches and they'll be okay. Yeah! Woo! In 14 days. Yeah, Fauci's advice changes week to week. But if he cancels Thanksgiving, he can kiss my butt cheeks despite my friends with mild cases. There it is! Throwing it back to the uh, summer of COVID 19 there, friends with mild cases.
4: Are you, okay? Are you okay?
1: Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty, pretty? far from okay. Ah! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel.
2: Oh, yeah! Indie Native and North Central High School products. Babyface, He's going to sing the national anthem at the upcoming All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Game, here in India. Are you OK with this?
0: Yes, I am good with this. I like the local tie-in. And let's not get it twisted, Babyface can sing his backside off. So, I think this is good. So, Nige, I know you're not a big R&B fan. Okay. Slow jams kind of guy. I'm it's... not I'm
2: not exactly familiar with a lot of his work.
0: Okay. So I put together a little montage of Babyface. Okay. You tell me if you've at least heard okay. of some of these songs, okay? Okay. Every time I close
6: oh, yeah. I the Lord
0: this was really good. This was a big hit for Babyface.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whip appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
7: when can I see you again?
2: Oh yeah. This was on the God. radio all the time.
5: It's no I time. I wanna make it See,
0: I love all of these. This
5: is for the good.
0: No, no, not that one. There's a few of them I heard of, for sure. But I'm here for it all. I love that slow jams, R&B, you know, 90s kind of era. Um, Also, coming to Indy as part of the All-Star game, they're having this, like, celebrity basketball game. Yes. And they usually tie in, like, folks that have some sort of connection to the host city, in this case, Indianapolis, and some other celebrities. So the coaches in the celebrity game are... Peyton Manning, 50 Cent, cool. and Shannon Sharp, and they're taking on Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> Lil Wayne, and somebody else. You have players? Uh, Jennifer Hudson is one of the players. She's also doing the halftime show of the All Star Game. Uh, Connor Daly. No kidding. Friend of the show. Yeah. Race car driver. Uh, Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons. Uh, CJ Stroud of the Texans. Backstreet Boy AJ McLean. And the artist formerly known as Ron Artest. No way. Meta World Peace. Cool. Now, I got to be honest with you. I'm waiting for Meta World Peace to take this thing really seriously. (laughs) And, like, when Jennifer Hudson goes up for a shot, knocking her down. Oh, my God. I could totally see that happening. So, I'm excited for everything happening here at the All-Star Game. And I hope the city, you know, puts on a good show. There's no doubt in my mind they will. Indy hosts major events better than anybody else.
2: The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer
0: right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tony Kennett is the host of the Tony Kennett cast. 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, right after our program here at 93 WIBC. Also an investigative reporter at the Daily Signal. Tony, a lot of stuff happening nationally, and I want to get your thoughts on that in just a second. But let's start here in Indy. Uh, We played some audio yesterday of the Attorney General Todd Rakita. Uh, rolling out this program where if anybody sees this DEI or critical race theory crap being taught in a classroom, you can go online, you can report it. I know education is kind of your wheelhouse here, so I want to get your perspective on it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, He came and and broke that on the the Tony Kinnick cast uh, yesterday. No, the day before. Uh, The the days fly by at, at this time of year. And uh, he kind of outlined a few things that he really looked for in trying to help parents keep track of some of the stuff that schools uh, have been hiding from them the last couple of years. And this is really the key issue. There have been, I would say, at least over a dozen Indiana public schools which have been caught red-handed either omitting, obfuscating, or flat-out denying uh, disturbing policies, content, lessons, et cetera. Um, to parents. So I think, and I've called for quite a while, some kind of a database to be created when we find situations where something is particularly disturbing. Because right now, you know, some kind of a story breaks, everyone talks about it for two weeks, and then everyone forgets it and people pretend like it never even happened. And so that part of it's really good. I asked Rokita in the interview, I said, do you have a way to confirm that these things that parents are reporting are real? Because that was my key concern. Obviously, in Kokomo, a couple of years ago, there was this hoax about litter boxes in the bathrooms. And I don't want to see something like that used as a, a way to discredit anyone who has concerns about schools. And he told me that they're only accepting primary sources and that they're checking th- those things out to be true before they're posted. What my big takeaway from all of this is, the entire left has lost their ever-loving mind at this. And I came out originally and said, I'm going to wait to see how it's rolled out to give judgment. You know, I, I think that a policy is half what's written and half how it's implemented. Watching the left lose their mind over this, though, makes me want to support it. You know what I mean? What's their reaction been like? What have we, What have you seen and heard? Uh, I imagine a small Yorkshire Terrier screaming fascist at the top of its lungs. Um, you and I were texting
0: about this the other night, Tony. How already a lot of these crazy lunatic leftists in other cities that have nothing to do with the state of Indiana right. or the city of Indianapolis—they're flooding this thing, or they're planning to flood this thing with a lot of frivolous crap just to make it look, you know, busy.
1: Oh yeah, and they're 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 so angry. They're just so upset about it. How? Like, oh, because this is just like Hitler youth. It's like reporting your neighbor. No, um, I will remind everyone yet again that public schools are taxpayer funded entities, and everything that happens in that school is already obtainable by a freedom of information request. Rakita, in at least in his vision for this uh, tool, is cutting out the middleman and just slapping that stuff up there as soon as it's confirmed as real. So, I mean honestly as far as i'm concerned the real issue is that there are schools that i'm discovering on that list that are holding a black only college fair um that's racial discrimination not to mention all the gender support plans and other really creepy junk that has been going on in a lot of schools though the administrators and teachers have denied it can you do this anonymously can you submit anonymously and then they follow up is that the point of this whole thing actually I honestly, I'm going to tell you that from my first and second look at the form, I don't think that you can do so completely anonymously. You can put a different name down. Okay. And I'm not sure, again, I asked Rikita how they planned to do this follow up. He assured me there was a process. We didn't have time to outline the process. Okay. So, again, this is one of those things that I just feel like I'm parents don't sure.
2: I, parents don't speak up about this stuff because they they get canceled and they're pointed out on social media and they're shamed when they see it happening in their schools. And so I figure this portal is a way for them to make it easier to point out and, and say, look, the, you know, here it is. Here's the proof.
1: And, and, and that looks like to be the purpose of the plan. Again, not only you know, you're know you talking about people being canceled, I was fired for revealing what was going on inside Indianapolis oh, yeah. Public Schools. I obviously have a, a vested interest in making sure information gets out there. I can reveal, and this is perhaps icing on the cake, several of these schools which have told like Chalkbeat and the Indiana Capitol Chronicle, well, a lot of this information is out of context, and we don't know how that was shared, and, and we don't know if any of it's true. A lot of that was actually shared to Rakita's office by teachers at that school. Uh, So, just saying, um, it's not just parents submitting these kinds of concerns. Some of it will be anonymous. Again, I'm expecting the form to probably go through several revisions over the next couple of weeks. Uh, But in the meantime, I can't give you a definitive answer because... So, but teachers have been using it
2: too. Teachers have been using it too. Wow. Uh,
1: According to the Attorney General's office and also an individual who is a teacher who claims to have submitted something, teachers are using this as well.
0: Tony Kennett joining us, the host of the Tony Kennett cast here at 93 WIBC. Uh, Rhonda McDaniel is going to be leaving um, her post as the head of the RNC after the South Carolina primary. I think this is something that a lot of people have been calling for for a while after underperforming in election after election. Tony, curious as to what you
1: think. Have you ever been like sitting down and all of a sudden you just started getting into a better mood? I think that's what happened around <laughs> the country last night as news broke from The New York Times that ron McDaniel, who has presided over more defeats in elections for the Republican National Convention than any other person that headed it in the organization's Yeesh. history. Yeah, absolutely. Because usually, you know, you, you're in charge of getting Republicans elected. You don't get Republicans elected. You get fired. She was kept on a couple of more terms, and her tenure was extended. So to get rid of her in this election season, we're actually talking about this on the, the Tony Kinnick cast tonight. It's really a tale of two albatrosses. The Democrats are clinging to Mayorkas as he sinks them to the bottom of the ocean, and Republicans are getting rid of their worst enemy, which is Ronna McDaniel.
0: You know, as a sports fan, this is like when your team is underperforming and you know the coach has to go. Like toward the end of the Archie Miller era, when he was the IU basketball coach, you would just watch that team with disdain and you would hope to wake up to the news one day, he's not the coach anymore, because that Mm. job was too big for him. Was this job too big
1: for Ronna McDaniel? I would say it's worse than that. Ronna McDaniel is this (laughs) Chicago Republican style. By the way, the same people who ran the Jefferson Tree campaign, yeah, those are Ronna McDaniel's people. Um, Imagine if Archie Miller went out in. To the game, and the guys all crowded around and said, "Okay, Coach, what's the plan?" And uh, Miller didn't talk to him. He just went out into the middle of the court and took a dump and then left Ooh. the building. That's Ronna McDaniel. That's also
0: like, Archie Miller. To be fair, Tony, <laughs> that was also the Archie yeah, Miller era. I, I,
1: okay, I, I, I'll, I'll give you that one in spades. It really was just depressing to know that no matter what Republican was in office, McDaniel was just garbage at getting people elected. I know there are a few people up to replace her. I, I'm watching that very eagerly, because I think this is what defines not the presidential race, but the more important race in 24, and that's the congressional elections. Tony Kennett here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. What does
2: it say about Nikki Haley? Uh, Okay, two things. Nikki Haley showing up on Saturday Night Live and then uh, getting boat raced by uh, none of the above in Nevada. (laughs) Um, What do you think?
1: I thought when Nikki Haley showed up on Saturday Night Live, it reminded me of every celebrity that Biden has brought on stage with him. And he doesn't even know who they are because he thinks that like Audrey Hepburn's still running around.
0: LLJ Cool J, I believe, was his exact uh, phrasing for when
1: LL joined him. Absolutely. So Nikki Haley going on Saturday Night Live was very cringy. Um, I was embarrassed. I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed for her because she's certainly done a lot of that. Uh, but the only thing more hilarious than that awkward performance was watching her get beaten by a write-in. I don't think, has that ever happened in a presidential primary? I
0: remember, I remember a couple of years back, I think it was 2016, it wasn't somebody that was winning the primary, but the write-in candidate, Dee's Nuts, was really doing well
1: in the North Carolina primary, if you remember. But these nuts didn't win the North Carolina primary, did they? They did not. I mean, Nikki Haley was blown out of the water by none of the above. I mean, Mike Pence has been out of the race for months And he was even kind of itching up on Nikki Haley's numbers. Nikki Haley's supposed to have the evangelical vote in spades. No one trusts her. We're talking about that tonight, too. She was the worst possible candidate to run. Everyone who supported her should feel bad for supporting her because I have yet to have anyone, and I seriously mean anyone, the most political people that we know, give me one good reason why she would have made a good president. Tell me one thing she advocated for. I I can't find one.
0: Now, I can't do that for you, but do we really need to make anything out of Nevada? Because Nevada's uh, primary caucus system is so confusing, it's so bizarre. They have a primary, but it doesn't count, and it doesn't matter. Then they have a caucus, which they don't have great turnout for. The whole thing kind of
1: stinks and that's true it's very true but to get blown out of the water again it wasn't close it wasn't like 48 to 52 i i mean Nikki haley was wrecked by <laughs> none of the above how do you get wrecked by none of the above that's a choice on a medical survey not a presidential primary uh what do you got coming up on the big show tonight well we're talking about mayorkas and mcdaniel and how that completely changes the game in 24. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit with a fantastic bodybuilder who's making huge waves as far as getting young men to work out. And we're going to talk about uh, just the absolute mess that was the Haley campaign.
0: Tony Kennett, the Tony Kennett cast tonight, 7 o'clock, right after our program here at 93 WIBC. Tony, have a great show tonight. We'll talk to you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. the
2: Hammer and natural
0: show coming up after six o'clock up. another McFailure on her way out the door joe biden forgetting who the bad guys are in the war between israel and hamas we've got all of that and audio to back it up coming up in just a little bit the hammer and nigel show i'm jason hammer big Nigel's here and there's a story going around reddit i don't know how many people go on reddit but it's kind of a fun place for discussions and threads about who was the meanest bully from an 80s movie when you think of an 80s movie which bully immediately pops into your mind coming in at number two was biff from back to the future but the number one choice was johnny lawrence from the karate kid
5: you couldn't leave well enough alone Could you a little twerp no you have to push it well, now you're gonna pay how about a oh. front kick johnny oh. get him up hey leave him alone man he's had enough shut up mommy johnny leave him alone man he's had enough on the side but he's had enough man what is wrong with you johnny enemy deserves no mercy.
0: Now, if you're talking about the actor that played Johnny Lawrence, William Zabka, hell, you could go down a long list of bully roles that he played in 80s movies. He was the jerk boyfriend in European Vacation. He was the bully in Just One of the Guys. He was the bully, jerk, frat guy in Back to School. I mean, he kind of made his name doing that kind of stuff. But as for the Karate Kid... I'm somebody that goes along with the theory that he was not the bully in that movie. It was really Danielson. Now, Allison, did you ever watch the show How I Met Your Mother?
4: Oh, I did. Yes. So you
0: know where I'm going with this, right? I know right? exactly where you this. Neil Patrick Harris, in one of those episodes, lays out all of the claims why Really? Johnny Lawrence was innocent here. It was this mouthy kid from New Jersey that moves into his neighborhood, tries to steal his girlfriend, pours water on his weed, and screws with all of his friends during what should be the best time of his life, his senior year in high school.
4: But can he wax on and wax off?
0: Well, I'll let you think about who's waxing off all you want. That's on you. But I never thought that Johnny Lawrence was the bad guy. Truth be told, and maybe this tells you all you need to know about me, I rooted for Cobra Kai. I wanted Cobra Kai because, listen, karate's a sport. Sometimes sports get physical. Sometimes sports get nasty. I'm a competitive dude. I rooted for Cobra Kai.
4: This doesn't surprise me, actually.
0: This I also doesn't... was a Darth Vader guy. I was an Empire guy. Like When he cut Luke's hand off and the Empire Strikes Back, spoiler, uh, I stood up and applaud. Of course you did. Well done. I was a Darth Vader guy, and to this day, I'm a Johnny Lawrence guy. And the spinoff that you can watch on Netflix now, the series Cobra Kai, it started on YouTube, but then it really found its groove when it went to Netflix. Um I'm telling you, you're going to see Johnny Lawrence in a different light. You get the backstory. You find out where he's from, what he's thinking. He was always one of my favorites. Now, to me, Biff from Back to the Future, that should have been the number one answer. I agree. But don't sleep on the bully from my favorite 80s movie, ogre from Revenge of the Nerds because if you remember in that movie like one of the first times we see ogre he's hanging a nerd over a balcony and they're literally chanting nerds and he dropped the nerd off a balcony' So hit us up on social media, at Hammer and Nigel. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube chat. Who was your favorite bully from an 80s movie, at Hammer and Nigel?